We're always finding the circular motion in African dance. All right, here we go. Moving forward. Yeah. Leg. Here you go. Look at it. Back it up. Back it up. Back it up. Now hip hop correct. Swing it. Swing it. Swing it. Here we go. Oh. Look at my arms. Oh. Get those elbows out. Oh. The arms have a different timing. A little faster. Oh. Welcome, listeners, to Overexpressed and Out, hosted by me, Jenny Burkholder, and me, Roseanne Liberti. Thanks to all who listened to season one of Overexpressed and Out, and welcome new listeners. Overexpressed and Out takes you on a weekly outing that outs amazing women and their outward expression of healing. That's our mascot, Remy. She's barking. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> Roseanne, I first met Antoinette Coward Gilmore when a friend took me to an Afro house dance class in Bluebell Park in Germantown. So there we were, dancing on the baseball field amongst the weeds, dirt, and a bunch of dogs off leash. Having danced in my youth, I fell in love with Antoinette, with Afro house, with it all. I found my way to Afro House in March of 2022, just a year after my diagnosis. It began as an opportunity to get myself out of the house, moving and dancing. Over time, I recognized how dance was helping heal the neuropathy in my feet and hands. So a year and a half later, we've added a weekly bar class. I'm having even more fun, and dance classes have replaced physical therapy appointments, which feels fabulous. I bet it does. Antoinette Coward-Gilmore is the founder, CEO, and artistic director of Dance for Nia Phoenix Dance. She holds a BFA from University of the Arts and an MA from New York University, both in dance education and performance. Coward-Gilmore is a founding company member of Elyon Dance Theater, former member of Forces of Nature Dance Theater Company, and Rod Rogers Dance Company, both in New York. As an established choreographer, Coward Gilmore's works have been seen on such stages as Aaron Davis Hall, New Victory Black Box, Kimmel Center, Strayhorn Theater, and the Prince Music Theater, just to name a few. Currently, Coward Gilmore is pursuing her PhD in dance at Texas Woman's University and teaches at Drexel University and Westchester Dance Works. Thank you, Antoinette, for joining us on Overexpressed and Out. We are thrilled and honored for you to be here with us today. Thank you, ladies. I am thrilled and honored to be here and so happy and proud of you both. Thank you. So let's begin. Please share with our listeners something that brings you joy and why. <laughs> Many things bring me joy, but the one thing that comes to mind is crab legs. I love crab legs. King crab legs, Dungeness, Alaskan, you name it, I love it. The flavor, the pairing, the seasoning, the comfort it brings when I'm cracking and eating and dipping it in butter. <laughs> it's like um, a, a cozy, comfy blanket that just lands on me as I eat 
and drink my world away. <laughs> Antoinette, I love every part of that. <laughs> and of course, you must tell our listeners where you get the best seasoned crab legs here in Philadelphia. Oh my, there's a lot of places. Um, I would have to say Bob's on 29th and Chambers in North Philly. That's a good selection. Um, Crab du jour's is hanging there. Does it have to be Philly or just anywhere? Well, you could give us your all-time favorite. That's That'd be lovely. Uh, all-time favorite is uh, Hot and Juicy in D.C. Antoinette, we heard your bio, but tell us about your work in the world and how you found your way to this work. Dance has always been in me. Um, even as a little girl at the family reunions or the holiday parties or anything with the family, the dancing in the middle of the circles, you know, dancing with cousins and aunts and uncles. My family is a big dance music family and we celebrate with dance and music. And it was just always me in the middle of the floor doing something, wiggling, snapping, clapping. I went to Church Lane Montessori school and I didn't know it then. But we had a ballerina. She was dark-skinned with her hair in a tight bun, body very thin and firm, very strict and strong and disciplined. And for our kindergarten graduation, we did a ballet piece. Fell in love then. I knew that was my route. But I did not know that where I was going was actually the West Oak Lane branch of Philodenco. So when I left Church Lane Montessori, I went to Green Street Friends School, but there was no dance. And I kept saying, Mom, I want to dance, I want to dance, I want to dance. I'll look into it, I'll look into it. She never got around to it. So by the time summer, going into my sixth grade, came from a family vacation in North Carolina, went straight into my grandmother's kitchen, pulled out the yellow pages, if you can remember <laughs> what they look like. I looked up dance, and there were three selections. Freedom Theater, Philodenko, Point Breeze. I just went for Freedom Theater, called, made myself an appointment for an interview and for an audition. And I literally said to my mom, we have an interview on blah, 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 for me to start taking dance classes. My mother stared at me <laughs> and said, okay. And the rest is history. It's been classes. It's been productions. It's been pageants. It's been going away to different summer intensives, uh, commercials, independent films, you name it, I think I've done it. When did you learn for yourself that you had a gift to work with other people? I tell everybody it wasn't me wanting to work with others. It was the power of dance that leads me to people. Even the people who think that dance is not for them, and once you have that moment of exchange and fellowship through dance, and you begin to see the shift and the um, change within their essence and their aura, then I knew it was something to this thing called dance. I bond with people through music and movement. That's the common denominator. So if we take away all the other isms that we deal with, why is it we all can sit in a concert hall or in a park 
or go to a club together because we're surrounded by joy and the joy is the music and the dancing. It's an African tradition. We call it a batamba. But if you think about it, we get into a club, the music is really good, then all of a sudden you get people in the middle of the dance floor and then the whole dance floor spreads out. The harder the people in the circle dance, the harder we cheer. The harder we cheer, the harder they dance. That's that natural exchange that we're not worried about what they're wearing, what they look like, where they went to school, their color, anything. We are just loving each other through music and dance. That is that power that I really want people to recognize of what dance and music can do for you. And that's when I knew that this was part of my purpose, my Nia, my calling, my mission is to keep pushing the message out there that um, dance is more than just something little girls can take for etiquette or for proper posture. It really has um, a power, a history, a healing. It's a way of life. We talk a lot about this idea of dance landing on bodies, and you have worked with bodies of all shapes, sizes, colors, ages, including me and Roseanne. <laughs> and they're very good students, bodies. Yeah, by are, the way. Thank you, Antoinette, for saying we're good students. Um, what does it mean, this idea about l when dance lands on bodies? And then my second question is, what do you think the healing effects of dance are for people? Dance landing on a body. It's a decision to go all in regardless of what comes out. I always say to people, dance is like cooking. You read the instructions, you follow it. The first time it may be okay. But the more you practice and the more you do it, that recipe gets a little better, gets a little better. Then you start to improvise because now you got a system going, right? So you may put a little paprika, you may put a little cinnamon, you may put a little nutmeg, you may put, you may start putting in your own style in your own mix. And every time you do it, it comes out a little differently. And you're like, mm, I like that version. Mm, I don't like that version. I liked it, but let me pull that back a little bit. Those are your trial and errors. That's your time to play. You know, if I'm walking, and I, I always say walking is the start of my practice or the start of my warm-up. So I'm walking outside, and I'm hearing birds chirping. How is that landing in my ear? What is it saying in my ear? How does it translate to my mind? What signals am I sending to my body? And that chirping may make my shoulder move or it might make my chest move, or it might make my ribs move. So sound, smells, textures, all of those land on us in a different way. Dance in the arts, rather than performing in visual, is a mirror. You can't hide behind dance. So let's take rhythm. You can either hear the one or you can't hear the one. Many people don't want to dance or they don't want to clap or snap because then it would be an outward expression that I can't really hear the one or the rhythm or the downbeat. So people will choose to shy away from it. And the mirror, you have to deal with you in the mirror. You see other bodies and other skill sets around you. At the end of the day, you can only depend on you. You can try to kind of see what the other person is doing and mimic, but 
when it comes down to it, it's you dealing with you. A lot of people can't deal with that. And when you decide to bite that bullet and say, I'm going to go full throttle. I'm going to look at myself in the mirror. I'm going to do a real assessment. I'm going to love and accept what I see. I'm going to see what I want to work on. I want to make some plans and some goals of how I want to change it or alter it. Then you start to work on the road of healing. I hear you saying that as an impulse of sound comes into a body, it is the body itself is going to respond in its own unique way. And that brings a beauty to dance. Um, I loved when you said that dance is a time to play. And it makes me think about the times in class where you say, I ain't playing. We're not here to play. (laughs) And so I'm wondering if you can speak to what that means when you say, I'm not here to play. So there's a time and a place for everything, right? So in our innovation, in our creation, we're exploring, we're playing, we're trying on. When you are at the bar, you are doing the assessment of your body. It's a concentrated investigation and a concentrated play. So when you are at the bar or when you're center floor and when we are gauging in knowing what direction we turn, how to push correctly off of our feet to make sure we're pushing into the air, but we're also landing correctly so that we're not injuring ankle or injuring any metatarsals or phalanges, our knees. When we are constantly focusing on lifting the stomach muscles and making sure our lower back is protected and our ribs are properly in place. All of those physical reminders that I speak to you all about in class, not only for the safety of your body, but also for the proper way to engage with the material, that's the non-play. But there is play in there because there's trial and error. Because you have to find how this technique fits on your body because your body is going to respond differently than Jen's body. Jen's body is going to respond differently than my body. My body is going to respond differently from a a six foot tall (laughs) person's body. So here's the play. How, how am I going to achieve it? So that's the, the, the non-play in the play, if that makes sense. (laughs) What would you say to someone who's struggling like Jenny and I um, with a health issue that wants to take up dance as a way to heal? Dance is a diamond and it has all different sides of it. Dance as a performing art is one side of it. Dance as a healer is another side of it. So for those looking to dance for expression, for healing, for spirituality, that's a different function And that's a different intent of dance. But if it's someone who wants to come into the world to dance because they're looking for something in their life that's missing, I say go for it all the time. Once you cross this threshold, you you are a clean slate. We're going to leave that mortgage payment. We're going to leave that 
relationship issue. We're going to leave that lost job. Whatever the issue is, you're going to leave it right at the threshold. And you're going to come in and you're going to clean as, as, as much as you can. Clean that mind, clean that heart, clean that spirit. And you're just going to be in that room. You and your dance. You and your, your fellow uh, classmates. Even though we joke and we say we have no friends in dance. <laughs> you really do. You have ensemble mates. You have um, people that you fellowship with through movement. And I've had so many students so many students say to me, and it doesn't matter the age, I really did not want to come to dance today. I made myself come. And once we got started, and once I got in my zone, and once class was over, I felt so much better. I felt so much lighter. I can't even tell you what my issue was of why I didn't want to come to class. And I've had some people come tell me some doozies, like... I don't know if I'm like psychologically ready for what you just told me, but there's a lot of hurting people out there. Mm. But to watch them share their hurt with me and to see them manifest in class, you would never know mm. because it was the power of the dance, the power of the drum, the power of the music that carried them someplace. And it was a place they needed to go. And a dance class is an hour and a half, two hours. But they needed that escape for just two hours. And then now they can game plan. Now they got a little bit clearer mental. Now they can approach that baggage again and say, okay, well, I'm going to pick this bag up a little differently. I'm going to see this bag a little differently. I'm going to deal with the bag a little differently. Antoinette. You pride yourself on being a professional and on running a professional dance company. Can you share with our listeners why that is so important to you? In our society, the word professional has a certain weight and it carries a certain weight and it carries a different kind of respectability. Because of the history, particularly for African-Americans in our country, there is a torch of excellence that has been drilled into me. And it's a torch that I want to carry on because it, it says something when you have a certain kind of veneer like that about your establishment, about the way you do business, about the way you conduct yourself. Now, by all means, because, you know, I'm pretty sure you'll you'll get somebody who's been a part of the dance for the Oh, she's cuckoo crazy. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, with all the cuckoo craziness behind the scenes, as they taught us in our our professional development, there is an organizational culture that I want to promote at Dance for Nia in the professionalism, the quality, the um, authenticity of knowing your work, articulating your work, carrying a certain look, a certain feel, a certain energy around the work needs to be passed down, passed through, passed to whoever says yes to this dance for Nia journey. 
I know it's a proven commodity because what was passed to me is what's embodied in me. And as many people that I've taught in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, overseas, and I get those phone calls when it's all said and done, or I get those emails or those text messages. You know, you were really hard on me when I was younger, and I didn't appreciate it then. But thank you for instilling blah, 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 blah to me because look at where I am now. The training, the behaviors, the, um, the way of moving. And I hug the tradition very tightly. Yeah, sure. I'm not saying tradition can't move forward, but it's something about that foundation that got us to this point. So I strongly believe you got to go through a little bit of the traditional. In the Yoruba tradition, there is an indigenous sign called Sankofa. So it's a symbol of Sankofa, and then it's also the Sankofa bird. And Sankofa is knowing your past to inform your future. We've asked you to share a truth or principle that you live by. Please share that with our listeners. Hmm. Artistry, quality, authenticity. Growing in artistry. It's like growing in your body. It's like growing in a language. We say words have power, right? My movement, that's my language. Those are my words. So whereas a writer has words, an actor has a script, a musician has an instrument, a singer has their voice, I have my body. As an artist, which goes back to the play, which goes back to the controlled play, which goes back to the, we're not playing right now. What are the different mediums and the different ranges that I'm going to use my voice? And then what am I going to use it for? Hmm. Which goes to why the organization name is Dance for Nia, which Nia means purpose, which is Dance for Purpose. I'm using this platform so that others can walk into their purpose, but they just happen to use dance or our musical theater program, which has the acting and the um, vocal arts included with the dance to find you. It's all about self-preservation and self-investigation. And when you begin to play with your artistry and you begin to expand your vocabulary and expand your words because your words have power, then you have to live with the authenticity of who you are. We have a piece in our rep called uh, um, Standing in My Skin. Mm. You got to stand in who you are and you got to love who you are. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Because mm -hmm. if we were all good, then we'd be sitting at the throne of the creator, right? <laughs> but we all got ish. We all have goodness. We all have purpose. We all have um, hopes, dreams, and disappointments. Love it all. Embrace it all. What I am proud to say is from board members to volunteers to dancers to students, parents, we've gotten quality. I think the culture of the organization is so strong that if we got some like questionable 
eyebrow raising people, that quality is like a um a force field. It's like bam, mm-mm, not up in here. <laughs> <laughs> Antoinette, this has been an honor, privilege, and so much fun to have you in in our space here and chatting about dance and about your journey and some of the challenges and a lot of the joy. So we are deeply grateful for you coming to Overexpressed and Out and sharing your truth and your joy and your authentic self. Thank you. I've had so much fun. Do it again. Do it again. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Antoinette, for sharing yourself with our listeners. I have so much gratitude to you for working with me, for seeing me, and holding me so sweetly as I work through something I don't like to share, which is how much pain I have in my body. You have helped me to find some ease from that pain and to build strength in this new body. And yes, I am celebrating the wins. So thank you, Antoinette. Stay tuned for our next episode of Overexpressed and Out. In the meantime, join our free substack at overexpressedandout.com for pictures, links, prompts, and more. Until next time, stay well, find the joy, and we're overexpressed and out. Overexpressed and Out is engineered and produced by Roseanne Liberty and Jenny Burkholder. Special acknowledgments to the incredible talent of Raji Malik for the use of his song Rejoice, No Crisis from his newest album, Time of the Glowing. Find this song and others at rajimalik.com. Thanks to visual designer and artist Nicole Kurtz for making Jenny and Roseanne into a logo. Find her at nicolekurtz.com. Thanks to our listening community who connect us with amazing women and to all of you overexpressed and out listeners take a moment to share a review of overexpressed and out and find us on all your favorite streaming platforms